Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game's John Dickinson has been with the Warriors every day throughout the championship era. Half-court, the Warriors start to celebrate. The one-time darlings are now a dynasty. And now, he brings you the latest scoops on the back-to-back champs. He's looking good to go. And exclusive player interviews. What's up, Dub Nation? It's your boy, Stephen Curry. This is Warriors Weekly on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Dickinson. John Dickinson, Bonte Hill, Warriors Weekly Podcast, Episode 3 of the Finals, following Game 3, and Bonte, the Raptors, they do what they had to do inside Oracle Arena. They beat the Warriors 123-109. No Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant still not ready and I'm just looking at the, the Warriors starting lineup. you got Curry and Livingston and Iguodala and Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousins, but no Clay, no KD, and th- this was a game from the jump, in my opinion, that Toronto had to have, they should get, and you've got the Warriors in this series playing the long game, trying to get Clay Thompson ready for Game 4, Kevin Durant back for Game 4, and, you know, maybe not sacrificing the game, but being comfortable in believing if they have their contingent of five all-stars plus Andre Iguodala, they can win three of the next four. Yeah, that is a dangerous game, though, J.D., because now the pressure's back on the Warriors. You lose this one tonight, you knew it was going to be an uphill battle with Clay Thompson not in the lineup, having to go to Sean Livingston in the starting lineup. I thought they'd go Quinn Cook, but did it really matter? Quinn Cook played a lot of minutes anyway, ends up playing 26 minutes and 38 seconds, and he gave you nine points. That's what you want from Nick, uh, from uh, Quinn Cook. But I, I was just, I thought, okay, if Clay's not in, KD's obviously out. He was ruled out yesterday. What are you going to get from DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala? And I thought DeMarcus Cousins, after a nice game two, a great game two for him, uh, the double-double, some nice passes. What do you have, six or seven assists in game two? Tonight it was just, you got the bad DeMarcus Cousins. Just never got into the flow of the game. Got a little frustrated early on due to, to apparently not getting any calls. And look, the rest were bad on both sides. Good teams overcome referees, and that's what the Raptors did. But it didn't get nothing from DeMarcus. And I thought Draymond Green, the stat sheet says 17.7 rebounds and four assists, J.D., but that was a quiet 17. He got a lot of that when the game was already decided. I thought Draymond Green had no impact tonight. Sure, he he was playing well defensively at times, but no impact whatsoever on the offensive end. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins having a poor performance doesn't surprise me. Draymond Green having a poor performance does surprise me. I just think with Cousins, you just can't count on it every game. It's you know We talked about it after game two. You almost have to treat it like he's a role player where, yeah, he might have a great game. He might get you 12 and be efficient, and that's awesome. He might get you 20, and that's great, and it certainly will help you get a win. But I think Cousins is able to perform right now at a higher level in scenarios where you don't have to have it but it feels great if you get it. And tonight with Clay Thompson out, you start looking around at who can get you buckets with Clay Thompson out. How do you make up for, for some of what you're losing there? 
And the reality is, you look at Cousins because of his track record and being a, an all-star, the reality, though, also is DeMarcus Cousins just isn't at a point coming back from this injury where he can do it consistently game in, game out. Draymond, that's a little bit more peculiar. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't really have an explanation for it. Uh, but, yeah, it was an off night for him. I mean, he played 40 minutes. He, he's on the floor making things happen. So he's, he's going to come up with a, a decent stat line, I think, regardless. But the impact on the game wasn't there. And you just go up and down the line. I mean, nobody really had a good game among anybody uh, as far as the Warriors' reserves go. Uh, Iguodala did hit a couple of threes. You know, Livingston, they started him, but he only played 17 minutes. Just a rare night where, where everybody was pretty good for Toronto. And everybody for the Warriors, not named Stephen Curry, didn't, didn't have enough to get it done. That's why it was so surprising to see the line from Vegas and see that the Raptors were four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Blew me away, J.D. Blew me absolutely away when you look at the way this team has played without Clay, without KD throughout the season. And then you ask these guys in the NBA Finals on this platform to step up. Look, you're not getting anything from Jarebko. I thought Jarebko just... It's almost as if the moment is too big. And I I hate using that with an NBA player because he's a veteran. He's been around the block, but he just didn't get nothing from Jarebko. You you expect role players to play better at home, um, especially with the crowd behind you. But really, when Toronto came out in that first quarter, it set the tone. They really controlled the game. And give Toronto credit, J.D., whenever the Warriors would cut it to seven, cut it to eight, cut it to nine. Timely three-pointer from Danny Green. Timely three-pointer from Kyle Lowry. Van Vliet had a wild uh, three-pointer. We saw Ibaka there hit a couple big shots there early in the fourth quarter. And then Kawhi just did his thing in the second half with 21 points, and he smelled he smelled blood. He went out for the kill in the second half to put this team away. So give Toronto credit. I thought they defended very well. Um, they got the 50-50 balls, and they hit timely shots and shut down every mini run with the big shot there. So you got to give the Raps credit, man. They've done this throughout the playoffs. Lose their first game against Orlando. Well, they go win game two, and then they win two straight down in Orlando. Uh, they're down 2-1 to Philadelphia in the second round. They win a huge game four in Philadelphia. Kawhi scores 39. They win that series. Down 0-2 to Milwaukee. What happens? They win a double overtime game in game three, J.D., get back in the series. Next thing you know, they still game five in Milwaukee. This Toronto Raptors team, man, they're battle-tested. They are mentally tough, especially on the road, and I was very impressed with their performance tonight. Yeah, and the reality is, look, the team that the Raptors put out on the court tonight is a better team than the team that the Warriors put out on the court tonight. In fact, I, I, you know, this is probably a conversation for a different time, but, I mean, how many games would, would the team the Warriors put out on the floor tonight win? I mean, I, I, you know, with this level, a lot of it would hinge on DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, you know, if DeMarcus were able to get back to an all-star caliber consistently, then they probably could win maybe in the low 40s. But the way DeMarcus Cousins is playing now and the lack of consistency and just the fact that he's still working his way back from everything that he's been through the last year, this DeMarcus Cousins with the rest of this roster, I don't think it's a a 40-win team or a 500 team. And look, Them's the breaks. Nobody's going to feel sorry for the Warriors. Draymond Green said it post-game. Everybody wants us to lose and Tappy were hurt anyway. Some bold comments from Draymond Green. Uh, But the Warriors have set themselves up now where I mentioned them playing the long game. They know they can win in Toronto. They won game two in Toronto shorthanded, especially down the stretch. Uh, And the belief is now you get Klay Thompson back. You get Kevin Durant back. And... 
you've got Curry and Draymond and DeMarcus Cousins still as your fifth or sixth guy with Iguodala being, you know, playing through whatever he's dealing with, but available. And the belief is you take that squad, Sans Looney, and you go win three of the next four. And I think this Warriors team, if they stay healthy from this point forward, is very much capable of doing that. Winning in this building on Friday getting either five and seven and winning that sandwich game back here coming up next week. You know, J.D., that's a great point. But here's the thing that I think about. Game four, Friday night, Toronto now knows the pressure's on the Warriors. The Warriors have to win. They can't afford to go down 3-1 to this team. And Toronto knows, okay, we're playing with house money here. We can essentially end this series. We have to make the Warriors. And look, the Warriors, if they're healthy, and everybody comes back and they're healthy, sure, they're capable of rallying from a 3-1 deficit. But, man, you have to win that game for him. For me, it's just too many unknowns. Where's Kevin Durant really at? Where is he at with this calf? Where is he really at, J.D.? And then you're talking about a hamstring with Klay Thompson, a hamstring where I've never seen anybody come back within a week with a hamstring strain. Well, it sounds like he could have played tonight if push comes to shove. And, again, I hate to be – I hate to be flippant about it because it it is a serious injury. It really is. Durant's supposed to play some three-on-three tomorrow and five-on-five. Steve Kirk spilled the beans pregame saying there really isn't going to be a practice tomorrow coming off of the game tonight because the Warriors are so, so shorthanded. There will be a, they will be out there on the Oracle Hardwood shooting, but there isn't really going to be a formal practice. It's going to be more getting some guys together, maybe among the players, the lesser uh, players that aren't playing regular minutes and maybe some of the coaching staff and putting them through a three-on-three, five-on-five kind of a run, likely over at the at the practice facility and away from the beauty pageant right. that is everybody yeah. out here, uh, you know, from 100 different countries uh, on the Oracle floor tomorrow for the media day uh, aspect of, of game four leading into to game five on Friday night. So uh, we've gone from he's going to need to practice to he's going to get a practice to there really isn't going to be a practice. Uh, but the key is no setbacks. And I think, look, the Warriors have they've pushed all the chips in, Bonte, all the chips in almost as far as they have to go. It's not like they have to be perfect. Right. There's still one game that they have to play with. And I think you'd prefer that be one of the two road games. Right. Obviously not game seven. Right. So, you, so basically your margin for error is game five. It's fight like hell to win game four here. It's you put game six in the has to be a win category here. And you go try to win five or you go try to try to win seven. I, I'm actually not of the belief that it's as dire a situation as maybe it seems. It's, it's right. fragile. Yeah. It's, it can flip. Right. And it's not guaranteed to go the Warriors' way, but there is still a very clear-cut path to them winning this championship, and I think it stems mainly on health. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people felt good after game one when the Warriors lost, and I'm actually one of those guys. With all that I just said, with the unknowns with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson and everything else, the way they fought in game three, they could have been blown out by 30. There was a couple times where we both looked at each other like, man, this is about to get ugly. And they defended. They they locked in on the Raptors. I thought they defended well with what they had. Um, the Raptors got cold there and left this game on the table for the Warriors. And again, a couple of those shots don't go down when the Warriors are down seven seven after hitting a big shot. Next thing you know, hey, they cut it to four. Do the Raptors wilt? Do they choke there? Do they just say, you know what? Damn, the Warriors just keep coming. So I'm with you here where the situation isn't dire. But again, just a lot of unknowns. And the champs have been here before. They've been here 
in terms of a must win. They were down 2-1 to the Memphis Grizzlies back in 2015. They were down 2-1 to those Cavaliers. They were down 3-1 to the OKC Thunder. But this is a different team, I believe. This team, you know, they're top-heavy. And, again, you're missing 50 points tonight. Just think about that. You're missing 50 points from Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. 50. That's a lot. That's and how do you make it up? And, make and I'm up. sorry, Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney and, and Jonas Jerebko aren't, aren't going to make it up. They aren't. I mean, Curry tried to. Curry gave him, let's say, 27 and another 20, right? right. But they didn't, get, they didn't get the other 25 30. or 30. Yeah, 35, yeah. They didn't get that from me. When you take two away, it's, right. just, it's just it's tough. Like, when, when, when we all hear Clay's not playing, I'm thinking, barring some just – astronomically you know heroic performance defensively where they hold the Raptors to 94 95 points or somebody out of nowhere pulls a Myers Leonard with Portland scoring 30 or 25 and a half you know barring something extraordinary I look at this game and it's a harsh reality I just go you know what the Warriors probably aren't winning tonight unless Toronto really helps them and again not to be glib about it but this, you know, the Raptors are a damn good team. And if we think the Raptors are a formidable opponent with the Warriors having everybody, then what the hell are they going to do to the squad that the Warriors put out there tonight, right? I mean, it's. No, no, just, there's no doubt about it. This team is good. And Marcus Saul made the adjustment. He had a Boy, big, he took it to Cousins in a big way. And he took it personal what happened in game number two. He got, he got abused. And he got abused yeah. a lot. And that can't happen. That can't happen. And another guy they really missed tonight. Nobody's even talking about it, but it was Kevon Looney. Definitely. You needed Kevon Looney because those, and I'm not here to pick on Jordan Bell, but there were some critical plays there with Jordan Bell. The end of the quarter where he gives up the and one to Kawhi Leonard, bad foul. End of the second quarter, Raptors last possession, Kyle Lowry goes right by him for a layup. Had some bad fouls there in the third quarter. And it's just like, Every time you try to trust Jordan Bell, there's a setback there. Guys are blowing by him. It, it was just, it, it was bad. And that's where you missed Kevon Looney, who commit, hit the mid-range jumper, who boxes out, who makes the right play, and he defends on a perimeter. Well, Looney, Looney at this point is a top six player on this team. I was trying to make sure I had the math right. I mean, it's Curry, it's Clay, it's Durant, no particular order. It's Draymond's a fourth. It's Iguodala, and it's Looney. I mean, if you if you who are the Warriors' six best players? Yep. It's those six, yep. and then it's probably Cousins after that. Ponte. No, you're absolutely right. Looney, that's and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. that's a huge, huge injury. Now you get Bogut, who I thought played well tonight. Bogut gave him some energy, gave him some toughness there, but Bogut can only do so much. And, you, and asking him to play 21, 22 minutes repeatedly probably isn't good either. They, they, frankly, they need more from Cousins. But I'll tell you one, one thing as we kind of wrap it up here a little bit, our Warriors Weekly Podcast, NBA Finals Edition, post-game three. The one thing that getting Kevin Durant does and getting Clay Thompson back does is it allows the Warriors to go small. The Warriors can't go small without Durant. They can't because they don't have enough bigs. Even with Looney, they don't have enough bigs to, to, to go small and have a fluid lineup. You can't – McKinney, Livingston, none of the guard, none of the wing players they have are good enough to where you can plug and play. So Durant's absence essentially renders their most effective lineup completely useless. It does because he's a part of it. But you get Durant back, you get Clay back. Maybe you want to limit the time you use it in game four, but as this thing moves forward – the Warriors can use that lineup more, yeah, and that's a lineup that we haven't seen, you know. It's at a rocket all. series. And, and we haven't, and we haven't, and right. you know what? How does that lineup 
because these two teams didn't play, you know, they played each other early in the season. Let's see how the Raptors respond to that lineup and what it does to Gasol and how Nick Nurse has to adjust. I'm sure they're preparing for it in their own way, knowing they're going to get a heavy dose of it, but the Warriors still have the Durant trump card, and they still have the, the Hamptons five trump card. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think Nick Nurse has the tools to combat that lineup, uh, especially in this series. When you think about Ibaka, what he did tonight with the six-block shots, he could play that five in that small lineup possibly and try to defend Draymond Green. I thought Ibaka was a lot better than he was up in Toronto for games one and two. But then I also look at Toronto, and I'm thinking, is Kyle Lowry really going to shoot like that again in this series? Is Danny Green going to shoot like that again in this series? Well, they get wide-open shots. Hell yeah, they're going to shoot like that. But if you tighten up on them and get a hand in their face, can they really hit shots like that like they did in game number three? I'm not so sure. But then, again, they have Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard out of nowhere, he thought he was quiet in the first half, J.D., and I noticed it right away in the third quarter. I said, man, this guy's going for the kill. He smells blood. The guy ends up with 30 points. And I still think he's capable of having a 40, 45-point game against this team because he's that special. So, I don't know, J.D., you better, they better win game four somehow, some way, or we may be going to Toronto and watching a champagne shower in the six, and then Canada will be going crazy. We're not going to see that. We're not seeing that. I, I don't look. I don't know if it's going six or it's going seven. It kind of feels like it's going seven at this point in time, but it wouldn't surprise me if it goes six. Uh, but I, I think at some point, and I'll end it on this note and get your thoughts on it. We'll wrap it up. At some point, we also have to factor this in. At some point, it becomes real for the Raptors. And what I mean by that is, right now, they're just playing. One game one, played well in game two. 10, 12-minute stretch, wrecked it for them. Warriors got the win. Now the Warriors are banged up. Tonight, almost a throwaway for the Warriors, unfortunately. We'll see what happens in game four. But even if Toronto wins game four, there's still that sense of at some point and we talk about this all the time in individual games you almost have to beat the Warriors two three four times at what point does it get real for the Raptors that they're on the brink of actually winning this series and how do they react to that that's another level of this that we don't anticipate it coming to because we're used to seeing the Warriors win. So there's, there's, just, there, there's layers to this. I mean, this thing, it's 2-1. I'm not, I mean, you're concerned a little bit more than I am. Uh, but but Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. But there's layers and boxes and things that still have to be checked before we're ready to crown the Raptors as championship caliber. And just think of all the different ways the Warriors have found that champion's blood when they've had to have it, even without everybody in the fold the Warriors may be having everybody in the fold. I just at some point it may get real for the Raptors and that's when the Warriors can put some pressure on them too so it's game four is huge you definitely need to get that game if you can but I'm just saying you know you get game four you go back for game five all of a sudden that crowd's tight there for game five because that's a must win or at least it'll feel that way Warriors get five, and you come back, and you're thinking it's over. So this thing is fragile both ways. Final thoughts, Bonte. Final thoughts. That's a, that's a great point, but I think this Raptors team is different. Watching this team in the playoffs, the way they've responded uh, throughout the playoffs, and having a leader like Kawhi Leonard, they never seem to get flustered. Um, he's been the leader. Danny Green, he's got championship experience. Kawhi's a robot. Kawhi's a robot. I mean, no, no doubt. He's a cyborg. And Marcus Gasol. 
He's been through it all. There's no doubt. Um, it does get real at some point. I think it hit Kyle Lowry. I think he'll get the yips in one of these games where he throws up a dud. He still throws some bad shots today. But it, this team is just different, man. Their, their makeup is different. And there's something on that Toronto sideline where they believe. With everything that they've gone through, you, just, you can talk about the road through the Eastern Conference was probably tougher than the Warriors' road through the West. Now, we know the Clippers series went six, right? Warriors gave up that game five. They blew a 31-point lead in game two. Uh, the Rocket series was grueling. But they had a bye week, basically, against Portland. They took Portland down to four games. And we do. The way Portland defended the pick and roll against Steph and Dre, it was like Toronto and Milwaukee will be a lot a much more formidable opponent against the Warriors defensively. And just think about the role Toronto's been through. And now they're playing a wounded Warriors team. Who gave for it? JD, this is what it's all about. This is a classic series. It's been a very fun finals. It's been a very good one. Even game three tonight was good, where you had Curry dropping 47, trying to will this Warriors team away. Game four, all the lights, everybody will be watching. This is going to be some fun stuff. And we're going to see if the Raptors... If they come out and try to hit the Warriors in the mouth, because you could say, for the most part, they've controlled this series. They've controlled this series. Even in game two. No doubt. Thought, Damn, they're not up 15, and the Warriors go on that third quarter run, and then the Raptors, you know, they hang, the Warriors hang out for dear life in game two. It finally ends it with that game, with that Iguodala three-pointer. But the Raptors have controlled the series. And I think they're going back to the hotel right now. JD said, we get one more here. We close down Oracle Friday night. We got this. So we'll see, man. This is going to be fun. Friday is going to be fun. Game five is going to be fun. Game six is going to be fun. The next three, and if this thing goes seven, obviously that's going to be fun as well. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Post-game podcast, Warriors Weekly. Following game three, we'll talk to you after game four. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.